hello and welcome to another episode of the Creating Belonging podcast. Today I have with me Kendra LaFleur. Kendra, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself in your own words. Sure. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Justin, for inviting me to this episode of your podcast. I'm very excited to do this with you. <clears throat> so my name is Kendra LaFleur. I am a partner for Carrix and Ingram. I live in Atlanta, Georgia with my husband and our three children. Kendra and I met, um, I was, I spoke at uh, her firm um, this uh, winter, I guess it was. It didn't feel like winter because we were in New Orleans. I know, yeah, me, I agree. <laughs> to me, that's not winter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we met there, uh, really enjoyed kind of uh, meeting you and then kind of uh, had a few conversations since then and really excited to get in and, and speak with you today in the podcast. Um yeah. To ground us in the conversation, I'd love to hear, um, you know, as most of our listeners are going to be on audio, um, what identities would you like to share that kind of may come up in your stories to help kind of ground us? Sure. So um, I am a Black woman. I would say, I, I shouldn't say young, maybe, can I say upper young <laughs> I, <was, laughs> I want to hold on to the young part for as long as I can so yes do it um so I am 34 I just just this is the way I put it out there so um and I am a heterosexual Christian that would be me summed up in a nutshell great well thank you Kendra so I understand you have uh read the book dug in and have been yes, thinking great job by the way let's just let's just let's give you some credit for that it's such a good book oh thank you thank you I I swear this I don't mean for this podcast to be like a I mean it is about the book right but like <laughs> I have so many people are like oh my gosh it's so great I love it um and I swear I'm not this isn't just about like me puffing up yes. my ego sure thank you Kendra so um, I'd love to hear, let's just dig in. And, um, you know, can you think of any stories from your past um, that kind of related back to the model or what stories came up for you as you're reading? You know, what hit, I guess I resonated with, I, I think it, it really minimizing. I think, so for me, so I'm a black woman, as I mentioned earlier, um, and I'm in a corporate America. And so I went to, to high school, very diverse high school. My college was very diverse um, in, in various ways, right? Not just things that you can see, just holistically very diverse. Um, but when I got into corporate America, it was it was kind of a, a bit of a, it was different, you know? It, it was kind of, it was new for me. It, I wasn't used to being the only one of, of me in a certain amount of space. So that was mm -hmm. kind of, I didn't know how to, I wouldn't say I wouldn't know how to. I had to get comfortable with being myself and and somewhat adapting. Um, I love who I am, so I don't like to necessarily code switch. Um, so I kind of had to muddy through that a little bit. And so I was kind of, I'm an extrovert. Okay, let's let's just let's just be honest. I am an extrovert. <laughs> um, but you know, you have to kind of learn the lay of the land. And so I had to learn how to be Kendra but in a corporate setting and be okay with being the only Kendra in the room. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I love that you brought up code switching. I, I think, um, you know, code switching comes up a lot when we talk about 
the minimizing area mm-hmm. of the model yeah. Yeah. Um, because there's you know a lot of, of overlap there. And the, the other thing that I'd be kind of thinking about how to be Kendra in the corporate world, I was having a conversation with, I'm trying to remember when it was now, um, about the idea of professionalism mm-hmm. and kind of how professionalism is in a way there are elements of structural oppression in professionalism. You know, it is, it is, you know, you need to conform to X, Y, Z thing. I'm curious how that hits you. Like when you think about your experience in finding Kendra in the corporate world, what do you, like, how does the word professionalism bump up against you? So I I have a really good example. It's not directly for me, but it is something that I was a part of the conversation. So I do a lot of recruiting um, with my firm. And so um, one of our candidates, top candidates, smart, bright, I mean, she's just amazing, but uh, she is a Black female. And so when she was going through the process, um, she ended up coming with our firm. And so when we talked about it, like, because there's so many great, great firms out there. And so we kind of like to know, what do we do right? How do we get you here? And one of the things that she said was, your recruiter, um, one of my colleagues, um, had her hair braided. And so hair is a big thing. And, and for, for for black women, you know, mm-hmm. certain hairstyles. Um, and I know some people don't understand, but it's, it's such a it's a compli- complicated discussion. But there's certain mm-hmm. hairstyles that aren't seen as professional. And so for her, when she saw that there was a professional trying to recruit her with the hairstyle that she didn't necessarily think would be okay, but clearly it was, but it, it just resonated with her and she just felt like, okay, I can kind of be myself because you, it's okay in your space, like, because you have this hairstyle and I know that I can wear that hairstyle and and it won't be an issue because the fact of the matter is even something as little as hair, there is, is that a professional hairstyle or is not is it not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so um, that's kind of a, an interesting topic and we won't go off on a tangent, but hair is a big thing um, for, for, for Black women trying to navigate that space. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, what you're touching on is something that has actually come up in several episodes now is this idea of representation. Mm-hmm. when when we can see ourselves in that community like if yes. you know if for example it is we're interviewing at an organization and we see ourselves we're more comfortable yes. going there exactly right um so I love that I love that idea and and I think that's it's one when I think of professionalism I don't often think of hair necessarily but it is something that is um that is real and relevant. Um, let's go back to finding Kendra in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me more about that and how you got to be, uh, because I, I'm i assuming, and I think, you know, in the discussions we've had, like you've moved out of minimizing into belonging. So how, tell me about that journey. So, when I when I entered corporate, so I'm an accountant, I'm CPA, and so when I entered this profession, I didn't realize how underrepresented minorities were, um, because my whole life I had been around diverse populations, 
grade school, college, like my friend group, just very, very diverse populations. And so when I entered like the accounting profession, that's kind of when it hit me. Like many times I was the only African-American or, or female in the room. And so um, it, it took a little bit of navigating. And so I'm fortunate enough in that I am an extrovert and I can talk. And so, um, and I'm comfortable with it and asking some of the difficult questions for those who know me, who kind of know my story. Um, I remember asking, <laughs> we went to an event and there's a lot of professionals in the room. And so what I love about my firm, I've been here for 13, 13 years. Uh, I've always felt included, right? So this, that's the difference, right? Um, I have always felt like I was a part of the team. Um, that's what mattered a lot. That's how I've been able to kind of navigate this profession. But we went to an event and um, professional event for a CPE. And I had asked um, one of my mentors, my friends, one of my partners, um, at that time I was a staff. And I said, am I the only black person that, that works in this firm? You know? <laughs> and so mm -hmm. um, and it's just asking, a, that's a tough question. This is over lunch, right? So this is mm -hmm. not even like we're <laughs> in a setting where we can really like hone in. This is just like at lunch. But um, because of the relationship that I had with um, this partner um, then and, and really now, like it, it was a safe space. It was no judgment. It was just, I had observed something. And so I asked the question. And so we kind of talked about it. And then it kind of sparked a, a, a more of a, okay, we need to be more intentional. Because if your network is only made up of this type of person, you'll never be diverse, right? So, so how do we intentionally reach out to um, Asians, Hispanics, people of color? You know, just how do you reach out to those? And so, you know, we talked through some strategies. And since then, like the firm has implemented like resource groups. And we've just been more strategic because it, and you mentioned that a lot in your book, actually, it just makes economic sense. <laughs> it just mm -hmm. makes sense, you know, um, because this is a business. And so, um, so it has been fun to kind of be a part of that transition because I've been here for so long to kind of see what it was and what it is now it has just been amazing. And I have just been so blessed to kind of be a part of that transition. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And I have a feeling that you um, you've done a lot to help move that forward, uh, which is amazing. I mean, in fact, I, I'm I'm assuming you won't bring it up because I've known you as 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 you know as much as we've talked. I, I get you to be a little humble, and um, you were the first black female to be promoted to partner within the firm, right? So, so I came as an intern. So I was the first black female to be promoted. From like intern to partner, yes, we do have another black female here, but she was she merged in, and she's amazing. But she merged in, so like she was already essentially a partner when she merged in. So yes, mm -hmm. be true. Mm -hmm. I but I I love you want to give her credit, um, but I think it's amazing that you navigated kind of within the organization from that intern level up to partner, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it shows your influence in the organization, right? Which and is really great. Is it's that you talk about humility like that's just how I was brought up to always like I, I never want 
I always see the floor. Like I, I give my pants, but I never need the, I never need all the hoops and the highs and all, I don't need cheerleaders. Like I just have never have needed that. Um, but I was talking to one of my mentors and she explained to me, it's not about you wanting all this spotlight, but it's you showing that it can be done. Like you show, like you being an inspiration to someone else. And I had never really seen it in that point of view. I always thought about it as bragging and like, look what I've done, you know, but it's really more of a, wow, she did it and I can do it too. And so as we um, have young women, young black women, white women, green women, whomever, um, I'm a mother. So people who are having children, like, they're like, you can do, I can do this because I've seen you do it too. And like, that's, and I love that. Like, that's what I love. And so I've kind of been able to slowly pivot into like sharing more of my story for the sole purpose of like being an inspiration to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it goes back to that idea of representation that mm-hmm. you can be that representation for that's others. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Justin. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for doing that. Another thing kind of going back to, you know, thinking about within your firm, you know, creating greater diversity and representation across other identities. You know, the what hits me is that for um, for some businesses, it's not as apparent to be representative of the population they serve. But I can think as a, a CPA firm, you know, you're working with organizations that are owned and led by people of color, by Asians, by Hispanics, right? And so to have that representation across the organization, I think it also signals that, hey, this is an uh, an organization that might understand me. I'm curious kind of your, if, you know, how, what thoughts you've had on that? Yeah, that's, that's so true, Justin. Um, we've had, really big companies. I can, I won't say the company, but there was a company that went out for bid. So we had a few firms trying to get this work. Um, but they, I think their CEO and the CFO were both females. And so um, that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see female partners. They wanted to see women in leadership because that's what they wanted. That's They were adamant. I shouldn't call it. I guess that you could say feminist. Because I kind of know who they were, but um, that's what they wanted to see, and so they didn't want to sit in a room full of men trying to pitch to them. Mm-hmm. They they and and now I'm sure maybe even with your work, like we have that's part of like the the proposal package. Tell me about your diversity and inclusion. What what is your gender makeup? What is your race? Like they're at they're sh- just very forward with asking those questions, and so it's a part of the process now and so I have definitely seen like that transition um with people being more intentional and and just very forward to be quite frank with how are you implementing this within your organization because that's what they want to see yeah and it's great I love that that organizations are focusing on that and wanting to do business with organizations that focus on you know ensuring they have diversity within the organization because we know you know, research tells us that organizations perform better when they have those different perspectives. That's right. That's <laughs> what love. you said in here. <laughs> Kendra, if you're listening, Kendra is waving around my book, I which am. I love. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear, um, you know, are, what other stories came up for you as you were navigating the book and thinking about the model? You know, what else came up for you reflecting on your own experience? 
you had um there was a, a line in your book that said oh forgive me if I get this wrong but it was something like you don't have to understand or really even agree to accept someone and so mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people get so caught up in well, no, I don't agree with that. Or no, that I can't have anything to like, you get so caught up into that. And that's not what it's about. The sense of belonging has nothing to do with you agreeing or, or, or understanding however, whatever the, the differences may be, right? Like it has nothing to do with that. It's just, it, it's accept, it's acceptance, right? And so I think that, um, I think it was one of your opening things. Um, people talk the talk. Everybody has this pledge, right? Everybody's so quick to put something on LinkedIn or put something on their website about this diversity initiative or, or whatever, um, but they're not walking the walk. And, and, and so I think that struggle, um, I keep reverting back to your book because it really is such a good book. And there's a lot of aha moments in this book. And Thank I'm you. like, okay, Justin, you better write this book. Um, <laughs> but I think that there were just, I, I think that's kind of, where some of the issue lies is that people feel like they almost have to be converted, right? So, um, and that's really not the case. You just have to to accept them for who they are and understand that it's okay to have, my, one of my favorite words is perspective. I love perspective. I love learning about people. My network is so robust. I am so passionate about networking. I will talk to anybody that'll talk back. <laughs> you, might not even, you might not even have to talk back. If you just listen, I'll talk to you still. Um, but I love people's perspective. And I and I love to see the world from a different angle. Like I, just, I just love all of that. And so um, I, I think that you really hit it. You, I mean, you touched on it spot on is that people feel like they have to be converted or understand or agree mm-hmm. um, to have a sense of belonging. That's really not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and I don't think I use this term in the book, but the term that I'm using now is is actually that of radical acceptance. And radical acceptance meaning that I don't have to understand you mm-hmm. to accept you. That's right. I don't, I don't have to understand you to accept that you're a human being that deserves my respect. Right. And acceptance that we can be in the same community together and and you know in the place of you know workplaces mm-hmm. we can do good work together right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's exactly right that's it and so when you asked me to identify myself I said I'm black female heterosexual Christian you know all of the things and so but but some of my friends are are, are homosexuals you know one of my one of my favorite colleagues you know she's married to a woman and 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 I have great white girlfriends and I have, you know, it's just all of the things. And so, um, but they pour into me. And so, and I love that because they, I have so many aha moments all the time because I'm seeing things from a different lens, if you will. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, you get, you um, offer the word perspective. And I think that's what it, other people help us give us different mm-hmm. and new perspectives that right. there are other experiences out there that aren't ours, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they're that they're invalid experiences. I think that's when, you know, the opposite, what I see a lot of the opposite of radical acceptance is people not understanding someone else's experiences because that wasn't their experience. Yes. Like I've, yes. I've never lived through that. I like, yeah. I don't understand that. So that can't be true for you. 
Yes. Right. We all have that. There's, I mean, we only have this one life, Like, there's tons of things that we'll never experience, never have Mm -hmm. to experience, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Like, that's what makes perspective an amazing thing. Because now you can tell me about your experience. You had mentioned this in your book um, when you were kind of, I think you had left school and you were just kind of navigating your life, trying to figure it all out. And and you Mm -hmm. you said, well, I had to grind. I had to work for it. Um, But then I love the term that you said you didn't have the headwinds, right? Like you didn't have the headwinds that other people may have. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I love that because that kind of, it's like in tandem with perspective, like you don't realize certain things, you know what I mean? Without kind of like Mm -hmm. expanding your network and and learning about other people's journeys. I just love it. it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that story I talk about, you know, I didn't, for me, privilege wasn't something that I thought of, Thought of, that, yep. you know, right. like, like me, like growing up in rural Iowa, you know, like we didn't have, like, you know, we weren't super well off and, you know, I paid, had to pay my own way through college. And so mm-hmm. privilege was the furthest from what right. I thought of my life as, right. and it took a long time to realize like, mm, you know what? I didn't, I didn't have like everything handed to me. But also I didn't have things in my way. Those, like I talk about the headwinds. I I didn't have the headwinds getting in my way either. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it took a while to understand that, you know, others do have have significant headwinds. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there's so many of them, right? And so I think that sometimes people get so caught up in like gender, race, and sexuality, but like there's so many, there's religious differences right there's mm-hmm. socioeconomic differences and so mm-hmm. and you know when I had talked about myself and like minimizing you know it, I come from very humble beginnings okay so um so so my upbringing was very different than some of my colleagues and so when they would reference things I'm like I, they were, I no I, I have I can't relate to that right mm-hmm. um and so um but I love hearing about it. I love to learn and like, well, how did that mold you into who you are today? Like there's, I just love all of the underlying stories, but people's journeys are just, there's just, there's so many different ways to be different, to be diverse. Um, Not just necessarily what you see on the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people are like, we're not diverse at all. And I'm like, well, well you, you can dive into that a little bit, right? Like there's, what makes a, so what define diverse right yeah. like, it's not just man and woman like there's so many other ways yeah well and I think that's where you know people individuals try to put a label of diverse on an individual yes and by definition an individual alone in a room is not cannot be diverse mm-hmm. no matter the no matter the identities that's of that right. individual that's diversity right. diversity doesn't come into play until there's multiple individuals and then it's when those multiple individuals are different then that's where we have diversity and we're all different in some way right mm-hmm. um Everybody. but yeah. there are you know varying levels of sure. diversity that we can bring mm-hmm. in for sure uh so yeah and that's i um that's one i get i get like very like and i, I hate to use the word triggered because that sounds very strong but you know when someone <laughs> says like let's bring in a diverse candidate. I'm like, mm, 
that the person on their own in a room is not diverse. <laughs> that is exactly right. I 100% agree with you on that. 100% agree with you on that. <laughs> uh, um, Kendra, um, I really enjoyed having a conversation with you today. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to uh, to join me on the podcast. And um, I am really glad that I met you and look forward to continuing to nurture our relationship. Um, but before we go, I wanna, I always like to give everyone an opportunity to promote. And this is this one, knowing how kind of humble you are, um, this one might be challenging for you, but I wanna give you an opportunity to promote anything that you would like to promote and or how can people find you or connect with the, with you if they wanna do so. Sure. So um, you can connect me on LinkedIn. You can just search my name, Kendra LaFleur. There's, there, there's a few of them, but I'm the one that's in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's me. Um, and one of the things that are near and dear to my heart is Girls on the Run of Georgia, which is a not-for-profit organization that I sit on the board with. And so um, I just want to give them a shout out. <laughs> So if you are even remotely interested in girls running, um, the nurturing of girls, anything to do with like that, even if you're not, um, I just encourage you to go visit Girls on the Run of Georgia um, or Atlanta. I think you can get there the same way. But um, that's just an awful profit that is so amazing. And so anytime that I can talk about that one, I have to. So I love it. Justin, I appreciate that. Yeah. Tell, I'd love to hear a little bit more. Tell me about Girls on the Run. Yeah, so Girls on the Run is an opera. Well, it's it's a national program, but um, but I'm in Atlanta, so I sit on that board. And so what they do is they have this curriculum essentially um for young girls that they kind of go through where it um teaches them about developing relationships, building confidence, and just all of the things that young girls um, go through, struggle with, um, it gives you a sense of community um, all while exercising. And, and, and so you go through this whole program and then at the very end of the program, you do a 5K. And so it's all of the girls around all of the different schools that participate in, you all meet up. Um, in the fall, we were at the, um, at, uh, where the Braves play the, at the battery and so we we ran around the battery it's a 5k and so it's a, a huge it's like a festival almost and so it's just it's just so much fun and so um I just encourage anybody who's interested to go check it out and you probably if you're not in Atlanta I'm pretty sure you have one nearby so if you're not um if you don't want to necessarily look into Georgia I'm sure you have one in your respective states so I encourage you to look it up yeah, that's great. Thank you for for that shout out. I'm definitely going to check it out. I love any program that gives youth an opportunity to create community and yes. and grow outside of kind of the traditional school system. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. that's great. I'm going to check you. it out. Thank you. Thank you so much. Again, it was great to have you on today. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Justin.